It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, Kirk Elliott running the show today. Just let you know, I'm a little bit under the weather today. I, I woke up this morning with a bad cold, and um, so we're we're probably going to run a little short today on the show. Um, we've got uh, Dan Ebert, who is the winner of King of America. He won the race at Humboldt this last weekend. We're going to have him on the show here in just a little bit. And excuse me if I keep wiping my nose because my nose is running. So just to let you know, I am a little under the weather today. Kirk, how are you doing today? I'm doing a lot better than you. Your Kirk, your mic's not on, Kirk. How's that? That that's better. Are we on now? I had to push my button twice in order to get my mic on. I'm doing a lot better than you and Todd here today. That's for sure. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, our our buddy Todd, um, he's got um, he's got COVID doesn't he he does and uh he's still testing positive for it but hopefully he'll uh he's he'll be a lot better he said he texted me this morning said he's still feeling a few symptoms he's feeling a lot better so i think he's on the road to recovery but he's still testing positive yeah well uh, all i know is is that i'm uh i went upstairs and i i, I took some nyquil so if I fall asleep on the air, that explain everything. That stuff will put you out to sleep. I'm, I'm feeling it already. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, but, I'm starting to feel it a little man, bit. Man, oh, man, I'm feeling for you, bud. I hope you get to feeling better. I, if you did get COVID, you didn't get it from Todd because he's not been around here. So No, he hadn't been around, no. Well, I we, wish you we well, wouldn't, We wouldn't allow anybody with COVID to come around the studio. No, uh-uh. but uh, I wish you well, man. It's it sucks having to wake up on a Monday morning and not feeling good. Yeah. Well, we want to give a shout out to Marie. She uh, she's chimed in, and uh, Rick has chimed in. Paul has chimed in. So uh, here we are today, Kirk. What'd you think about um, the King of America race? It looked like Terry Phillips was going to win that race at first, didn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, based on the way he ran on Thursday night when he won that preliminary race, he looked like that he was going to dominate that thing. And then you get into Saturday night, and he qualifies well enough, and the redraw puts him on the pole. You're thinking, who else are you going to pick? I mean, it's uh, it's pretty amazing, uh, just this new bloodline race car that he's got how quickly he's been able to get out of the gate with this thing. And what did he lead the first 33 laps of this race? But uh, Dan he, Ebert. He lost the lead on lap uh, with 25 to go. Yeah. Dan Ebert had other ideas. He chose eight in the redraw. The last number that you could pick in the redraw put him in eighth outside fourth row. But there was a late restart where he really found that bottom groove of that racetrack where nobody else was running all that well, and he just powered his way up through there. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, so, and Ebert, um, he, he, he just rolled the bottom, didn't he? He just kept he rolling did. the bottom, and, and he made that work for him. Yeah, I mean, he was just, I mean, he just, he saw that that was the way to go. He just pinned that thing right at the bottom of the racetrack, and he did not come off of it. And lap traffic didn't seem to be a big problem with it. And once he got past uh, Phillips, he just checked out from there. I think he won this thing by, what, about five seconds? Oh, yeah, he had a big, giant lead at the end of the race. Yeah, four or five-second lead. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to get him on here in just a little bit and tell us how he was able to pull that off. He admitted in Victory Circle that uh, this was a racetrack he really historically hadn't done all that well at. He's been there before, uh, but they found something with that race car on Saturday night for sure. And, uh, you know, as I said on Saturday morning, 
you really needed to get a great starting spot in this race if you really wanted to have a chance. But tell that to Rodney Sanders, who right. started 30th and ended up 4th. So that that advice went out the window. I guess you don't have to start at the back and think you have a chance to win. But then again, maybe had Sanders gotten a better starting spot than 30th, he would have had a chance to win that race. So the fact is, starting 30th, dead last. He still didn't win, but he came up to fourth. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's probably the fastest car on the racetrack. I think so. Right. Yeah, because uh, just the way he... Uh, I don't know. Hold on a second. I'm not going to say that. Ebert's probably the fast race car. I, I think Ebert was the fastest car. He just learned how to roll the bottom and, and just took advantage of it. And, and Terry kept trying to work the middle and the top. And, and, and I think eventually Terry ended up trying to get down to the bottom of the racetrack. What do you think of the track se- itself, Kirk? I thought the track held up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, they really had to hustle that program along because the forecast of rain that was expected to come later in the night, and they pinned that right down to the last minute because when they were doing the Victory Lane interviews, that's when the rain started to fall. They dispensed with the four wide and all the pageantry that goes along with these USMTS races. And it started and raining right America, there at the end of the race. Right at the end of the race. Right. So they got all 60 laps in, and they had a lot to get in. They had to qualify all these race cars. They ran six heat races for the modifieds. They had three B mains, and then you threw in the B mods in there, the the Battle of the Bullring races, they had to get all those in, and they didn't fool around. They hustled that program through. I think they started about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, yep. and they didn't mess around, and they pushed it right on through, and they couldn't have timed it any better because that rain fell just right as they were uh, doing the Victory at, Lane at interviews. The, at the start of the race, Kirk, it, it, it appeared to me that Zach Vanderbeek he looked like he was going to be a little bit of a player in that race as well. He started second, and he started outside of uh, Terry Phillips, and he kind of gave him a little bit of a run there at the start of the race. He did. I yeah. think Zach ended up fifth in that race. He ended up fifth. Just right behind Rodney Sanders, so uh, he had a he had a pretty good run. Caden Carter, who won the uh, Rookie of the Year uh, honors last year for the USMTS, ended up in third place in that race. Yep. I thought it was an interesting race. The heat races were entertaining to watch, so I thought they were able to pull it off down there. The weather this time of the year is just, uh, you know, it's chancy at best. Uh, I know in years past for the King of America, they've had this thing like the next weekend after this past weekend, and one year they tried to run it even a weekend before, but boy, this time of the year, you just never know what you're going to get weather-wise but they they, did get two nights of racing in so they rained out friday night yeah 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 and we saw that rain forecast coming all week long for friday night we knew it was coming yeah right so but anyway i thought it was an interesting night of racing down at uh, humboldt speedway uh the racetrack conditions were were great i thought ryan whitworth and everybody that worked on that racetrack uh, pulled that off down there and and uh, there was some good good action throughout the field down there on both Thursday and Saturday night. So uh, despite having the challenges of all the weather, I thought they pulled off a pretty good event down there. Uh, Jason Hughes, he started 16th. He ended up running 8th. And uh, Jason Hughes, a nice little run by him as well. Um, what, Jake O'Neill, he ended up starting 6th, and he ended up running 7th, Kirk. Yeah, so he he had a he had a pretty good run. I think he and Jake Tim were fighting it out there at one point during the race. But uh, now the two the two big players in that race for sure were the winner Dan Ebert and uh, Rodney Sanders, who came from thirtieth to fourth. Right, uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. He won his heat race. Did you see that? He did, but then he had to uh, run the B main in order to get qualified for the A feature. And I think he had, if I remember right, he had a little bit of trouble there towards the end of that race, so he didn't get as good a finish as he wanted to, but he did make the show. Yeah. And uh, Chris Jackson, he ended up winning the uh, B mods. Yes, 
And uh, he picked up the preliminary win on Thursday night as well. And he, he just led pretty much all the way in that race on Saturday. Hey, one other guy I was wanting to mention there, Scott, Ryan Gustin. I thought maybe he might have a car to play with, but he got up into the wall one time, did he not? Yeah. I think he did. I think he, he, he tore the deck off of his car, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. So uh, that hurt any chance that he might have had to uh, make it up through the field. But uh, I thought it was a good event down there. I'm glad they got it in. Uh, weather threw them some curveballs down there, but uh, they were able to pull it off. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, but it was cold down there this weekend, wasn't it, Kurt? Uh, yeah, but Saturday night it uh, it warmed up quite a bit. I know Trenton Berry on the broadcast was saying one time I didn't he didn't have to put his heavy coat on. He could just go with his hoodie for the rest of the night. So it wasn't nearly as cold on Saturday as it was, it was on, on Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah. So uh yeah, it was uh, it it turned out pretty good. So they got it in. That's the main thing. And uh congratulations to Dan Ebert out of uh Lakeshore, Minnesota for pulling off the $12,000 top prize and for Chris Jackson winning the five grand in the uh, BMON Battle of the Bull Ring. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, uh, Brad Sweet picked up his first World Outlaw uh, win at the MAG this weekend. He did, and uh, that he looked uh, he looked impressive in that race on Saturday night. He had to hold off David Gravel there towards the Gravel end. Gravel made thought, a little bit of a run at him right there at the end of the race. Yeah, he, yeah. he uh, Gravel was the was the one guy that I thought if anybody could get around him it would be him but then things opened up there there was a couple of yellow flags late in the race I think the first yellow flag came out with uh, about nine laps to go the 47 car got into the wall at yeah. the start of the race with and the, the, the flame job on it yeah and up to that point traffic was really a big factor and sweet was doing a pretty good job of uh, working that traffic especially when he got around Sheldon Hoddenshield for the lead, Hoddenshield was ripping the top, and Sweet was able to find room down on the bottom of the racetrack through three and four to get around him that time. And uh, I think they kind of snookered Sheldon just a little bit, but once uh, Sweet was able to get into the lead, he maneuvered that lap traffic battle as well as anybody could. Right. Um a, a, a little were you a little surprised that that's his first win of the year uh yeah a little bit but if if you remember scott he uh he ran he had a couple of second place finishes up until that point so it wasn't yep. like he was running poorly but when they brought this new tire in at lincoln speedway here last weekend he and his team seemed to have found the setup a lot quicker than some of these others and uh it played out on Saturday night as well. He had a, he had a decent run at uh, Talladega on Friday night, but uh, he was really able to put it together. And I got to give the hats off to Chase Rodman. If you watched the broadcast the other night, at the outset of the show, he predicted that Brad Sweet and Sheldon Hoddenshield would be the two big favorites going into that race. Right. And lo and behold, those were the two guys that sat on the front row and and were the favorites. And the reason that Chase said that is because of the record that both these guys had on three-eighths mile ovals last year. And it really played out at Magnolia. That that was a well-prepped racetrack on Saturday night. There was a low line and there was a top line. And how they prepped that racetrack on Saturday night, I thought they did a great job. Marie, she commented that uh, Gravel hit the berm and missed his chance. Yeah, he did. He got up into the, into the uh, berm up there in turn number four. Uh, I'm not sure if that would have been enough to... Uh, it was on the last lap. It was on that. the last lap, but I'm not sure he would have still had enough to get around I don't Sweet think at that time. Do you? No, I don't think so. Mm -mm. No. So I I think that uh, this, is, this was a race that Brad Sweet and his team made a big statement because they have found something with this new race tire quicker than these other guys and you get now it'll be interesting to see what happens on the big half mile down at devil's bowl speedway this weekend if he's able to duplicate that on that big of a racetrack i tend to think scott that guys like logan shuart and 
Jacob Allen and guys like that are going to step up this weekend, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, no doubt about it. Where are they racing this weekend, Kurt? Uh, Devil's Bowl. Devil's Bowl. Two big nights. The home of, your of the first places? World of Outlaw races. I, I wouldn't mind going down there to watch that race, to be honest If with you're you. not sick. If I'm not sick. <laughs> you need to take care of yourself first. Yeah. Then we'll see if you're able to go. Yeah. But uh, it's it's uh, these big half-mile racetracks, shark racing, uh, I look for those guys to step up. Hey, Paul, just so you know, I got a jug of your water out there in my refrigerator. I'm thinking about going out there and taking a drink of it here in just a little bit. Just so you know. You you give me a you give me a jug of water. I put it in my car and I have it out in the refrigerator and I'm thinking about going out there and getting it. How long ago was that that you got that water? Oh, it wasn't that long ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> The last time you saw Paul. Yeah, so. last time I saw Paul. Yeah. But didn't you think that racetrack was uh, well prepped down there at Magnolia the other night? I, I thought it was I a good track. I thought it was a good track, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Buddy Kofoid picks up his first win at the uh, sh- at the short track, Talladega short track. Kirk, what did you think about that win? Uh, pretty impressive run. He was able to get a good starting spot up front, and I thought he did a great job of uh, – maneuvering the lap traffic and uh, putting that Leighton Crouch number 11 car up front. Uh, he is uh, he is a driver that, uh, that picked up his second career World of Outlaw win, and uh, I think his talent really showed through on Friday night, I thought. Do you believe that's only his second World of Outlaw win? Well, he hadn't had all that many. What's he had, about 31 starts? In the world of outlaws so far, yeah, but he Buddy, run all the but races. But Buddy Kofoid is one of those exceptional drivers. But he's still a pretty young guy. Yeah. He ran the uh, full-time midget circuit last year. Yeah. And uh, so he didn't – he wasn't able to run all that many wing 410 races last year. I think he'll run more this time around. Yeah. Brad Sweet was second. Spencer Baston was third. David Gravel was fourth, and Donnie Schatz was fifth. <clears throat> Schatz had, uh, I thought he had a pretty decent weekend. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Ran top, what, top five in both those races? Yeah. That's what you got to do to win the championship in the world of outlaws. Yeah. You got to run in the top five almost every night. Now, Carson Macedo is the only guy that has uh, run in the top ten in all eight races in the world of outlaws this year he ran ninth at, yeah. at talladega short track he started 12th he ended up running ninth and he he spun out during that race too and still came back and finished ninth so yeah, yeah. pretty impressive for him but uh uh sweet is uh he's he's got to be feeling pretty good right now he and his casey kane team about uh, trying to pick up that fifth straight championship the way they've got things off and rolling so far this year they're looking pretty good yeah all right well we're going to take a break right now and we're gonna, when we come back we're going to have dan ebert he's going to join us here on mostly motorsports he was the winner of the kingdom of america race at humboldt this weekend and um, that was twelve thousand dollars to win wasn't it kirk twelve grand twelve grand twelve grand how about that? That's that's that. That's a good payday that's for these pretty, modifieds. Pretty good payday. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Ebert is going to join us right here on Mostly Motorsports. We'll be right back. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Dan Ebert joins us next here on Mostly Motorsports. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's most played getaway, Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, and joining us now on the show is the winner of King of America, Dan Ebert. Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. Not as good as you. You picked up that twelve grand. That that was a that's a nice little payday, isn't it? The biggest one of my career, for sure. It um, was an awesome race. It was at a track that in years past I'd really struggled at. I was getting the team. I'm usually lap traffic when I go to Humboldt. So to, to have a good run and turn it around is pretty awesome for us. What What was your best finish at Humboldt in years past at, at King of America? Boy, man, I, I know one time I didn't even make the show. And it, without looking, I'd say 15th in that range somewhere would probably have been about the, my best run. Yeah. You know, it, it, it looked like Terry had that thing covered there for a little bit, but then about 25 laps to go, you started rolling the bottom and it, it worked for you. Tell us about the bottom working for you during that race. Yeah, we, I mean, we could probably back up to the day before it would started working for me the day before a little bit as well. I could, kind of shut it down and crawl around down there and still blast off pretty straight. And I felt like I was going to have a decent run the night before. But my last restart, something with the tires sealing over, they were kind of blistered, tough shape, but then they they sealed over and I just didn't, I think I slipped a fourth or something. And I feel like we were maybe a second or third place car. So fast forwarding to the next night, I feel that Early on, I was searching a little bit. I hadn't really run the middle or top much, so I gave that a chance to see how that felt. And early on, I was just too tight to to go up there. Yeah. So, um, you know, as the race went and progressed there, I just meandered down to the bottom and just kept getting into a rhythm and working it and being very patient because it was a situation that if you hustled in too hard and slid, it seemed like it took forever to get the slide to stop. And 
I was nervous about sealing my stuff up and, and not restarting well. Right. So I, it was a lot of patience. You you started seventh on Thursday night. You ended up running fourth. Um, was the track conditions different on Thursday night than it was on Saturday night? Closer than it was different, surprisingly. it it There was, um, I would say, maybe a little more character in one and two, but pretty similar racing surfaces. Yeah, yeah. Um, when people think about the race, at the King of America race, uh, and USMTS, that that is really one of the granddaddies of them all, isn't it? It sure is. It's you know considered one of the crown jewels, I believe, is, is how we call it in our series. It's right. You know, it's one of those ones that you put on the calendar and and put a check mark by. Like, gosh, it would be awesome to run good here, let alone win it. You know, that's it's one of those races that there's people that race their whole career and never never capture something like that. So it, it's an incredible honor. Are, are you planning on running the entire USMTS schedule this year? We are. That's our plan. That This year's schedule is is one of the better. I believe Todd Staley and his team did an awesome job that way as far as a lot of the events are two- and three-day shows at the same track. So with the price of diesel fuel and uh, inflation, inflated prices and everything, it, it helps the racers and saves us a little bit of money and I, I think it it kind of helps you get honed in on a particular racetrack and then as a fan I think it's great too because people can you know either hey come out for a night or two or they can camp and plan the whole weekend I, I think that right it was a good move to to move with that structure you know it, it seems like to me that USMTS is and I know Trent Berry hates me when I say this but it's kind of the world of outlaws of modified racing. Would you would you would yep. agree with me on that? Hundred percent agree. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and they pay pretty damn good money too, by the way. It is. There's a it's, lot of good races out there that pay a lot of money. In my opinion, it's the most lucrative and financially satisfying thing going right now for modifieds. That the races, the structure, how it's run. Um, I've been fortunate enough to run um, quite a few different sanctionings and series, and this this by far, in my opinion, is the best thing going. Yeah. Um, the, the cost of modified racing is really went through the roof in the last couple of years, hasn't it? It sure has. Yeah. What What do you – um, do you think that's because – It's a situation the, because oh, – go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Do you think that's because of the amount of money that uh, Todd Staley's paying, and that's why it's driven up the cost a little bit? Um, yes and no. I think a lot of it has to do with just uh, the goofiness in our economy and the inflation of things. You know, right. um, you know. For example, we're we're kind of in the middle of wanting to build another engine, and you know, uh, a good crankshaft pre-pandemic and a good name brand crankshaft was you know, uh, $2,500. Well, now they're $4,000 and they're extremely hard to find and connecting rods and blocks. And you can just go right on down the list, the inflated costs for good parts. And, you know, um, it just makes it really hard. I think if we could ever get our supply chain issues and our economy and, and get things back more how they were and the manufacturers being able to, maybe get prices back to where they once were, things would tend to fix themselves. But working with Fox and being in that position, um, I, I know both sides of it. So I know that, hey, you know, I mean, we're, we're paying more, so consequently we have to charge a racer more, and it's just a vicious cycle that, unfortunately, that everybody in our world lives in. Uh, Kirk, you want to jump in here? Yeah, I, I was just going to ask you uh... – what do you think about those uh, three-night uh, shows now that uh, USMTS has put together? you got another one coming up this weekend right. down in Louisiana. Just uh, your thoughts as a, a racer of uh, making more of these shows, three-night shows. Not not having to travel to go to the next show the next night. That, that's a big plus, right. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's great that way. I you know, like kind of touched on that before. It's awesome as far as the money side of it and not being – 
bouncing down the road at three, four, five in the morning to get to the next track. I think it's easier on the teams, easier on the crew. As a racer, I I like it a lot. Um, to play devil's advocate with you, let's say it's a track that you really struggle at. It's one of those places that, man, it just doesn't matter what you do there. You're just it's it's a tough tough place, tough stop for you. Then you could say, well, man. I wish we could just race here one night and I can go on somewhere else where I tend to run better. That would be the only negative right. I could potentially see. Right. You're currently second in the points. Um, you had four starts. You've got one win, and that was this last weekend. And you've got three top fives and, and four top tens. That's that's a pretty good start to the year, isn't it? Sure is. It's it's um, It's a long season. And we're really excited and, and, and taking taking in everything from the weekend. But, you know, um, being focused on the big picture and, and understanding that, hey, this is a long season and anything can change. And, you know, put your put your socks and underwear on the same day, same same, same way you do every day. You know, you, yeah. just, you prep and you prepare for the long season and we're in it for the long haul. So it's making sure our, our um, I's are dotted and T's are crossed and, you know, our, we've got spare equipment ready because it's kind of a, one of those deals that's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to run into a situation where um, you're going to lose a lot of points. You know, you're going to have a bad night, so it's a matter of lessening that blow. You know, maybe instead of making a DNF or a 15th place finish, you can manage to make it a 10th place finish. You know, that might be the difference in the end, um, you know, in a – in a, in a couple points, which makes a big difference in the points run down. Yeah, we, we talk a lot of sprint car racing around here on Race of Boys. Um, and it, what we've seen with Brad Sweet is that you have to pound out those top five finishes in order to have a chance to win that championship. And that's very important, isn't it, to run those top fives as often as you can? Definitely. It's consistency wins championships. I mean, uh, I guess you could say in every series, maybe you could put an asterisk by NASCAR a little bit right right, right. now, but and consistency is everything in the end, year end points. Yeah. Um, tell us how you got your start. Uh, did you did you start off driving modifieds? Is that how you started out in your career? My first um, my first race car was a pure stock. It was uh, at a local track in our hometown and. Brainerd, Minnesota, North Central Speedway. A high school buddy of mine um, raced pure stocks, and him and his family built me one over the winter as I was professional snowmobile racing, believe it or not, Oh wow! Uh, during that time frame in my life. So we didn't have time to build one. And my dad uh, had been involved with racing, racing himself, and then um, working with uh, late great Dick Trickle on all of his ASA, short track, art co um, pavement stuff. So he had a long history in racing, but during that time we were pretty heavily focused in snowmobiles. So built a pure stock, ran pure stock, won championships there, and then went right to a, a B mod and raced B mods for gosh, quite a few years. And then eventually moved into a, uh, a Wasota A modified and, um, spent some time down in, um, <clears throat> Eastern part of the United States, uh, racing some UMP and, um, working with some different people, and then um, uh, started racing USMTS USMTS three years, yeah, three years ago. So we're um, excited to get to get going. Uh, with Soda Modifieds, what's the difference between them and a USMTS car? They're a lot closer than they used to be. It they used to be quite a quite a bit different. Um, now it's mainly engines. Um, there's some body stuff, but the Wasoda Engine package is 362 cubic inch um, uh, engine stuff. That's it's basically there's some other rules with camshafts and some different engine options, but it's getting closer now. So, you know, um, you could um, with just a slight disadvantage run a Wasoda concept engine with the USMTS series and fall under their small engine rule class. Right. So that it's it's getting close enough now that which is great. I um, I mean, I, another topic of conversation we could talk about is, you know, my goal or my dream would be as if, you know, you think about how many thousands and thousands of these open wheel modifieds are across the United States. 
yeah. and all the different rules packages is if we could ever get together and get everybody on the same or the closest we could ever be on rules package, it would help so much with your previous question on cost of racing. Right. Commonality and being able to buy and sell and build things would be would be awesome to look at the future of our sport. Uh, we're visiting with Dan Ebert here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprint. Were you ever? Was there ever a time during that race that you were worried about your right rear tire? I was. You know, particularly the most was after I got to the lead, and um, you're just you're just logging laps and um, trying to keep your stuff as straight as can. And you don't really know if they're racing. That's the thing. You don't know if Terry's right on you or if you're able to stretch out to a little bit of lead. And cautions um, really, really affect these races, particularly it seems in the spring of the year and in the fall of the year with, you know, um, you get heat in your tires and then you get a caution and roll around on that cool dirt. Um, you can have a, a tire a, seal over a really, really good hot rod. And all of a sudden, man, you're, you're, you're dropping the anchor. So right. I was just praying that it would go green because when you're on a roll, man, you don't want to change anything. Right. Hey, uh, how much were you thinking that uh, you might not get all 60 laps in? They, they forecasted the rain coming in 25 minutes. You got it all in. Were you thinking that, uh, hey, we might not get this whole thing in? Yeah, definitely. It was pretty interesting. Normally, Todd at USMTS does a really nice show on the Saturday nights. We Everybody carries the flags around, and we do a four-wide salute to the fans. Right make a show out of it and we're sitting in staging and he comes on the radio and says hey everybody you know we hurry up we got to get this show in or rain's going to be here in 20 minutes and man i pulled down into victory lane after the races and what do you know it started raining so yeah hats off to todd that was an awesome call um had it started raining with three four five ten to go i still would have probably been okay because the race probably would have been over anyway and i was i was in the right spot so yeah either way it worked out great you know, our, our good friends, uh, Trenton and Stick over there at RacingDirt.com, that's been a big uh, plus for the USMTS series, USRA. Um, it, it's nice to be able to go out, run those races, and people be able to watch those races on TV, right? It is. that It's so nice now with the streaming platform services that it gives fans the opportunity to watch the races. I mean, there's... Right. You think about all the race fans that love to hear and see what we're doing. Now they can do it in the comfort of uh, their living rooms. I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, what does this win mean to you personally, as a driver? I know it's the biggest payday of your of your career, but just talk about it. What it means to you personally as as a driver? You know, as we were coming down. To this event i'll be brutally honest with with you and everybody this is one of those that i just dread because i just struggled here so bad in the past and i was like if we can just make the shows and 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 lessen the damage so to speak right it's one of those weekends where we can we can manage to get through and we just unloaded with a lot of speed it was it was very evident that man we could we could be a contender in this race um so it, it got exciting for us, and then to be able to, to win it is, is just incredible. I mean, I, I feel like we've prepared ourselves, and we run a pretty good program with being as prepared as you can, but, you know, a lot of this is still luck. I mean, it, I mean we, we had good heat races, and we drew good, and we missed wrecks, and it means the world. It's, it's just one of those races that this is a crown jewel event that a lot of people have been racing a long time and have never been able to Right. to win one so for me to be able to do it is, is just absolutely incredible you know uh terry phillips he announced that he wasn't going to race late models anymore he's just going to be dedicated to the modifieds um it looks like you and him and maybe jason hughes um tyler wolf maybe uh you guys are all going to be running for that championship this year uh what would it mean to you to win the championship with the usmts this year It'd be incredible. That's the goal, right? I mean, I feel like anybody that sets their sights on that the running the full series of USMTS has the goal of potentially being a champion or should I say putting yourself in position to be a champion. I think that's 
that's all you can do as a racer is prepare to be. You need to work as hard as you can and have your, you know, have everything in a row and have backup plans to win a championship. I think that a lot of it comes down to preparation and doing everything you possibly can off the racetrack. So when you get on the racetrack, the cards are going to fall how they're going to fall. Yeah. So it's, um, it's just one of those things that it's a super long series and it's very early on and, and naturally we're excited to be close to the front, but to, it'd be very, it'd be very, it'd be getting very false hopes to say that, Hey, you know, we're, we can win this championship. I mean, we're going to prepare and race like we can, but she's a long ways till, uh, till fall time and anything can happen. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. You're one point out of the lead right now. You, you know, Terry Phillips has 349 points. You've got 348. Um, you got to feel good about your position right now. That you, where you're at right now in this in this USMTS battle for the championship. Definitely, it it helps to to not be uh, down in the trenches in a hole trying to get out of. It helps to be uh, be up a few few rungs on the ladder. You know to just kind of maintain it. Um, you know you look in years past here, uh, Dustin Sorensen who won the championship. Um, had the points lead early on in the season. So if there's any indication on what he did last year, I think it's a good spot to be. Yeah. Have you ever thought about late model racing? It's been a cop topic of conversation. I've been fortunate that I've worked um, with some late model teams directly and indirectly. And um, I think it's always a goal of any racer, you know, if it isn't NASCAR, you know, it's, it's Right. Or sprint cars, it's, well, I want to go outlaw racing, right? Or full-on open late model racing. And I'm at a point with my team that I want to win a championship and win races and and run as well as we can in USMTS. And then, you know, who knows after that as if, you know, what is the one-year, three-year, five plan, right? Right, yeah, no To doubt. me, it's, it's one of those things that we want to run as well as we can and have fun with this USMTS series that Todd's doing and you know you never know what the future is going to bring but you talk late model racing to me you talk um a whole nother level of financial and um and and uh and working goals it's 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 another level of preparation and team and funding that um, would have to be discussed it seems like late model racing right now is the highest paying sport in in motorsports right now when it comes to late models um, there's a lot of big races out there in the late model division right now. And a lot of hype. Yeah. There's just a lot of hype around dirt racing in general. I'll even say that with sprint cars with their up to pay off. And it's pretty awesome to see. I mean, it is, is, uh, expensive and I don't want to say, um, what's the right word for the uncertainty of our sport because that's not it, but man, there's a lot of hype and a lot of fan involvement in our sport right now which is super exciting i think it says a lot about the future um i think about if we didn't have the pandemic and have our world screwed up economically what it could be right now i think right. it would be another level of awesome dan we sure appreciate you taking the time to join us here on mostly motorsports again it's all brought to you by rod and supply um congratulations on the win I mean, that is a big win when it comes to USMTS, the King of America race. Do, do you still have the crown? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we were, after the races there, we were discussing that we want to, we want to have that crown. So yeah. um, we're going to pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. All right. There you have it. Dan Ebert, the winner of King of America at Humboldt this last weekend, picked up $12,000. He's currently second in the USMTS points. He's one point behind Terry Phillips. Terry Phillips has 349 points. Dan Ebert has 348. And then there's the rest of them behind that. And, uh, man, it's it's awful good to hear the voice of Dan Ebert on mostly motorsports today on our show we're going to take a break when we come back more mostly motorsports i'm trying to hang in there folks we'll be right back 
It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. Kirk Elliott running the show today. Todd not here today. He's got the COVID. So just so you know. So, and I've got a cold today, and it is just wearing me the hell out. I'm just telling you. Tammy just joined us. She's late to the party today, but she is officially in. I'm looking up rooms um, all over PA, and um, I can't wait to get out there from June 23rd to July 3rd for the uh, um, PA Speed Week. I, I, I can't wait to get out there. I, I just can't wait to get out there and have a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, listen, folks, if you didn't know it, 
Um, right now, they're giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 performance package at pearl white metallica tricoat color along with $25,000 in cash to help you pay for the taxes on that car this car makes 760 horsepower it's a 5.5 lt6 v8 engine goes from zero to 60 in 2.6 seconds it's an eight-speed automatic it's got the uh, larger tires larger wheels larger brakes and it's got the aero package from the Z07 performance package as well. So my nose is running. Just stay with me, folks. And um, and, and it, it's such a great car. And, and if you want to buy a raffle ticket for this car, all you need to do is go to winaz06corvette.com win a z06 corvette.com um I, I i cannot wait to uh get up to knoxville this year and watch some races there's going to be a lot of great cars up there racing for championship this year and um i can't wait to get up there and check it out it's going to be a fun time i can't wait to to do it kirk are you going to go to knoxville this bit a uh, bit this year uh, absolutely. I'd like to go up there here. Uh, the Outlaws are up there, what, towards the late part of April up there? I'd love to go up there. Anytime that somebody talks about going to Knoxville, I am all in. So uh, hopefully the weather will cooperate in April and we get some uh, some good racing in up there. I think opening night, April 15th, and then the Outlaws right after that. Yeah. Well, uh, all I know is is that I can't wait to get up there to uh, do the PA Speed Week, Kurt. You're not going to go with me on that one, are you? Uh, not on that trip. So uh, I, I was talking about uh, maybe going to Houston's, uh that particular weekend, which is the uh, third weekend in June while you're out in Pennsylvania. But uh, when I do go to Pennsylvania – I want to go to Port Royal Speedway. It would be my number one track I want to go to. I've already been to Williams Grove, but Port Royal would be a cool place to go to. What year did you go to Williams Grove, Kurt? 1996. That long ago. That's a long time National ago. National Open. Lance DeWeese won that night. How about that? If you can believe that. He's still winning races, too, by the way. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, do, do we got Ryan Raglan on we the do. phone? We do. We had Ryan online. All right, let's go to Ryan Raglan now. He was our pit reporter down there at um, King of America. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? I'm a hell of a lot warmer than I was Friday, Friday and Saturday, that's for sure. What, was it cold down there Thursday night or, or Friday night or Saturday night, I should say, because Friday night got rained out. Thursday night was really cold. But yeah, was Thursday was Saturday night just as cold? Thursday, a beautiful day until the sun went down. You knew that was going to happen, and these guys kind of deal with that that system. They can, uh, if the wind's not going on, it's not too bad. It was it was chilly Saturday, but you know it, it's typical March racing weather. So what are you going to and after you know still turn out to be a pretty good night of racing. At the beginning of that race, it looked like Terry Phillips was going to dominate that race. And then uh, Dan Ebert, he ended up getting into the lead about with 25 laps to go. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it it looked like, well, I, I can't say it looked like Phillips was going to be walking the dog the whole, whole time. Uh, he had, he had the high side going pretty well. He really wasn't pushing. He had a pretty lead. And I don't know if his crew was, you know, down. I was standing in turn four right where the car come off. And I'm watching the attitude of the car getting into three and four. And he just, it was into the corner. Ryan, you're, you're breaking up on us a little bit here. Before the car was rotating so well. Uh, turn one and two. It, it took a little bit for the uh, for the low line and one and two to come through after they, you know, started to rework the track and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I, 
year was just pretty much locked down. And like I heard him say, there really wasn't much that he could do. And it, he was pretty much locked down there. Phillips, a couple times, trying to go down there. His his tires, you know, blazed over, and he just couldn't get it to rotate with with that push that he had. And uh, I, it's you know, it was it was a good run for Ebert. It was something he really needed to get the get the season started. Hey, did did you go around and look at the right rear tires of these cars? Were they were they slicked off at the end of the race? It was it was kind of hard to tell because they were they were getting in the barn. Right after the uh, the eight feet, and still had a lot of the a lot of the dirt and everything on. But then a lot of a lot of guys were talking about the tires sailing over after one of the cautions, and it you know that thing feels over. It, it's hard to it's hard to get it fresh off and to get back to some piece of tread. Um, I, I I don't think it, it was a new. A new term by American Racer, from what I understood, how they were labeling and everything. Uh, they went with some kind of compound from what they had last year. Uh, but I, I don't think it was any kind of tired deal. I just think it was a situation with 10. Hey, Ryan, talk about that. Talk about that run that Rodney Sanders started 30th, ends up in fourth place. Did you watch him closely uh, powering his I, way up through the field? Hey, he stuck up everyone. His B feature, he got into a little altercation during the B feature. And, you know, and I think he was on the outside on the restart. Man, he went into one, and the car just went straight up the hill. And he hit the wall, and I'm like, well, that's that made the eight. And he he goes, you know, I guess he got the provisional, and I mean Sanders. Sanders is one of the guy at at, at Uncle that you've got to label for a year. He doesn't start tail. That guy is right at the back neighbor, and it's amazing what he can do. You know, and and the last after the last caution was a real long green green flag session, and you know cars start getting lapped and everything. Losing uh, who's where and, and everything else, unless you're watching on racing dirt. And uh, that's, that's an incredible run. Yes, he was probably, I guess, I had a thing. He was probably sitting 20th or so after the last caution restart. And yeah, a lot of people are having problems with the tire ceiling over and stuff. That's, that's a pretty incredible run right there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, uh, Ryan, we're having a little bit of a problem with your phone right now, so um, it, it's kind of cutting in and out, and we're, we're not getting every word that you're talking about. So we appreciate you taking the time to go down there and, and uh, cover the King of America race for us. You always do such a great job and always get good sound for us, and we appreciate you so much, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, you get feeling better, Scott. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate you, buddy. There's Ryan Ragland. Yeah, we just kind of caught Ryan in a bad spot there. He's uh, he's all over the place uh, where he works, so we appreciate him he's taking time to he's check a- in. Yeah, some th- some of the places that he goes to is maybe not the best, but uh, we appreciate his efforts going down to the King of America this weekend. Hey, Scott, did you watch that? Uh, I only saw the highlights of it was the uh, it was the uh, Power Eye Turnpike Challenge at Port City Raceway on Saturday night where Dazen Persley put on a show with Jace Park. Those two guys were pulling slide jobs and Persley was able to just beat Park to the line at Port City on Saturday night. I thought uh, at least Pass. the highlights I saw, it was a great race. Passed him on the last lap. Yeah. Or, yeah. That was a pretty good show down there. We saw Scotty Cook had a uh, – he did the uh, Victory Lane interviews down there, and they had a video up on YouTube. I saw the uh, – they had pretty good highlights of that down there. But uh, big win for Dazen Persley, and that's such a great story. Uh, about Dason Persley I after thought, he got, I, I thought Jace Park was going to win that race. He looked like he was going to get yeah, it done. Yeah, 
But, I mean, to, to see that Dazen Persley is even in a race car at all after that bad wreck he had down in Arizona about a year and a half ago. Right. And everybody thought, will he ever walk again, let alone try to get inside a race car? And not only has he gotten himself back inside a race car, but he went back up there and started winning races again. It's got to be one of the most miraculous comebacks from a serious injury that I've ever seen in racing, Dazen Persley coming back in a big way yep no doubt about it all right well listen folks today we are going to cut our show a little bit short and it's because i'm a little under the weather i've been blowing my nose all morning long kirk how many times you listen to me blow my nose today? uh i lost count i'm not counting that right <laughs> you're not going to count that but you're you're soldier you soldiered through my man yeah so good job for that yeah all right. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show today. Um, we're going to cut it a little bit short. And um, I, 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 I'm i so looking forward to getting out there to PA and hanging out with some of the posse people. Uh, I can't wait, man. It's going to be one of the one of the great trips of my life going out there and doing the uh, speed week. And I, I just can't wait to get back out there. So. I'm going to go up, and I'm going to lay down in bed, and I'm going to try to heal up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll try to do a better job next week, Kirk. What do you think? Uh, hopefully Todd will be back. Hopefully Todd will be back in this. I think he will. So uh, he's, uh, he's on the after effects of this, and uh, once he uh, tests uh, – negative on this whole thing then uh, he's right back at it i can't wait for him to be back here where i'm standing right now i can tell you that you don't mind doing that you do a pretty good job there Kurt. well not as good as todd no not as good as todd todd does a really good job and uh we miss him hey uh one other thing yeah uh, i just wanted to mention that uh, congratulations to Tyler Reddick for winning the cup race yesterday. He had the dominant race car. And uh, NHRA had their events yesterday. Justin Ashley in Top Fuel. It was Robert Height in Funny Car and Camry Caruso in Pro Stock. At looks like the last NHRA event at Wild Horse in Phoenix. That's kind of sad. So uh, congratulations to all of those winners. I thought William Byron might win that race yesterday. It, it was only he and Reddick that had the, the two cars that were capable of winning that race. But Byron, Byron slipped back. He ended up running fifth yesterday. Yeah. So, But there was nobody that had anything for Tyler Reddick, and he made one extra pit stop than everybody else and still won the race. And he, you know where he was better than everybody else, Kirk? He was better under braking, getting into the corners. He's got this road racing thing figured out, doesn't yeah. he? He won last year at Road America and at Indy, and now he's uh, this is his third road course win in uh, the last year and a half. Right. Or two years. So Kyle Larson ended up running um, 14th. Yeah, he, he had a bad day. I don't know. He got caught up in a couple of instances there, one with uh, Bubba Wallace and I think uh, Denny Hamlin turned him around once, and he got caught for speed. Not a good day for Kyle Larson. Nope, not at all. Uh, and Christopher Bell ended up running 31st. He got caught up in a bad incident, too, did he not? Yeah, he did. So, anyway, interesting. Six road races in NASCAR. Is that too many? Yes. Too many road races? Too many. Yeah. What do you think, Kurt? What, do you, what, what did you think about him not throwing the checkered flag on each of the stages? They just counted the stage points, and they kept the race moving. What would you think about that move? Well, I don't have any problem with that. I don't either. I, I wish they'd do that on the other tracks, too. I don't know how much that would change the race. I think it forced him to make more strategy calls in terms of how when they come in for fuel and so forth. As it played out, I don't think it, they had enough cautions in the race that I don't think it it played out the way they thought it would as far as strategy and who's going to make it on fuel. There was a question there a couple of times whether these guys were going to make it on fuel, but there was enough late yellow flags come out that threw all that out the window. Right. Tammy said three road races would be fine for, with me. Not a big fan. They used to only just have two road races, Watkins Glen and 
Sonoma, and that was it. Right, yeah. So, yeah. I, and they you know, used to bring in ringers then. It's kind of hard to follow, isn't it? If you're trying to watch this thing on TV, you're trying to get the lay of the track and where everybody's at on the racetrack. What was the, the, the Formula track. One driver's name that run that race yesterday? The They had two F1 champions run that race, uh, Kimi Raikkonen and Jensen Button. And those two guys said it was too – these guys are – Too rough. They're too rough. <laughs> So, uh, and, and I think it got a little bit hot inside those race cars for those guys, too. Yeah, they're not used to being that hot. Yeah. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Their first race is going to be down at CMS Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. And uh, we'll probably be down there to watch that race as well. So thanks for uh, tuning in, and we appreciate it. I'm going to take a break, and we're going to get out of here. Kirk, thanks for doing such a good job today. But, uh, I'm just hanging in. I couldn't have done this by myself today. You know that. Yeah. You might have been able to. <laughs> that I would have screwed that up without you here, my, my friend. So thanks for hanging in. All right, bud. Okay, thanks everybody for tuning in. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. <laughs>